chosen because your family's love for each other is so pure. That's the R-rated thriller sci-fi invention from M. Night Shyamalan. That's Knock at the Cabin. We welcome you to the Instagram uh, version of Silver Screen Previews and also the podcast version, which you can hear on Buzzsprout. We welcome you to the show. Uh, my name is Rob Martin, and on the other side of the aisle, we welcome back returning co-host, Amanda Pfeiffer. Hello, Amanda. Hi, how are you doing, Rob? Excellent. How you been? I'm doing great. Complain. Excellent. All right, so we're talking about Knock at the Cabin. This is a movie that's gotten a lot of play over the past week uh, in previews and discussion about the apocalypse, the end of the world. Uh, this movie is rated R. It's directed by M. Night Shyamalan, who, of course, we remember from, I think, was it a year ago that he did that movie Old that bombed at the box office. But we do remember him from other classic films such as Sixth Sense and, of course, Signs with Mel Gibson. Did you remember any of those films before, Amanda? I didn't see old, and it doesn't sound like I missed much. <laughs> but um, I do, of course, remember The Sixth Sense and Signs, both of which I enjoyed. Very good. Now, with this one, this one stars Dave Bautista. Finally, they put him in some really good, solid uh, movie. And I mean, aside from Guardians of the Galaxy, which we all, all know him from as Drax, here he is the main figure. Here he is the main guy. There is no dispute about what his role is in this movie. Also stars uh, Jonathan Groff and uh, Abby Quinn. While vacationing, a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed uh, strangers who demand that the family must take a choice to avert the apocalypse. Now, for me, Amanda, this movie actually was a lot of here is good, bad is there. Uh, in the end, unfortunately for me, there was a lot more disagreeable stuff here in this movie than there was positive, unfortunately. Uh, let me go into detail. The first problem off is that this has a lot of, you know, would you or wouldn't you do this scenarios, which go into any kind of M. Night Shyamalan movie, which makes you decide, basically, are you going to do this or suffer the consequences? And that's what you get here. Uh, I think also another problem is the weakness in all the other characters, uh, aside from Mr. Grint, who you remember from, you know, it's not like he was that bad. Dave Bautista is the star here. He does a tremendous job. Dave Bautista is starting to really explode as a superstar main leading actor. Uh, he wasn't the problem here. I thought also the a second problem in this was the additional screenwriters for the script. M. Night Shyamalan is used to doing all his movies by himself. Writing, directing, everything is done by him. Here, for some reason, I don't know if it was the studio or not, but they added two more screenwriters to the film, which I think actually was to the story's detriment, as it confused a lot of people. There was a lot of violence in this movie, which gives it the R rating, but I think that the, the, the flashback scenes were so critical in its downfall. Even though it was necessary, it just, they just overdid it with that. So... Uh, all in all, this movie failed on those different uh, aspects, so I give this movie uh, a thumbs down, unfortunately. All right, Amanda, what did you think? Okay, interesting. I wonder if they brought on the other screenwriters because it was an adaptation of a novel. Ah, could be a good that point. Was a new, yeah, yeah, I think that's a new venture for Inak Shyamalan. So for me, you know, I don't really like horror movies. <laughs> uh, but if I'm going to watch one, I want it to be suspenseful. And I really do. I do like Sixth Sense and Signs. And uh, this movie definitely falls into that same signature style of M. Night Shyamalan. Um, very suspenseful. I appreciate that a lot of the gore is off screen. And that they were kind of wrestling with some really 
provocative moral dilemmas. I think that makes it compelling. Um, of course, everybody's raving about Dave Bautista's performance. Yes. Um, I am also intrigued by the young actress who played the daughter in the film. I, this was her first movie. Did you know that? No, no, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, it is yeah. her first movie. Wow. That's right. pretty Chris, good. Kristen Sway, I think is how you say her name. But anyway, so I was um, impressed by her. And so for me, I think the cinematic style is really appealing, and I think that wrestling with these questions is also really fascinating. Uh, so for me, it's a thumbs up. All right, very good. So a uh, difference of opinion. Uh, Amanda gives it a thumbs up while I give it a thumbs down. But that's the way it works. I mean, you're getting across the board a lot of different people who are reviewing this film. Uh, they're kind of caught, by, uh, you know, one way or the other. There's no unanimous this or unanimous that. So to each his own, hey, go out there to the movie theater and go see it yourself. Just do it, go for it, see it, and then you, you will figure it out. All right, our next film on Silver Screen Previews is something called Bosch and Rocket. So this film is not rated, but it's, uh, it's a film that's an Aussie Entry into a filmmaking directed by Tyler Atkins in theaters now, limited basis, and also on Voodoo. Stars Luke Hemsworth, Isabel Lucas, and Erasmus King. Bosch, a young father, goes on the run for drug dealing with his surfer gang. Into is his son, who believes he's on a magical holiday. So I believe here's the trailer to Bosch and Rocket. It's All right, so that's Bosch and Rocket. Amanda, you saw this also. Uh, what did you come to the conclusion on this? Well, I, I think I'm going to differ with a lot of people on this. Um, I thought, of course, the cinematography and the setting are beautiful. Um, there's a lot of surfing scenes. There's a lot of outdoor scenes that were filmed really beautifully. And I thought that there was great acting by Luke Hemsworth and then also by Rasmus King. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought his performance was very honest and earnest, and I absolutely believed all of the heartache he endured and then kind of all his recurring resolve to overcome that. I felt a little manipulated by the music. Oh. Um, I know in Australia, I think it's won a few awards <laughs> for the score, so I'm maybe I'm just missing out here, but I felt like it didn't sync too well with the scene or like really enhance the scene. I felt like it was manipulating me to feel a certain way when maybe the screen wasn't necessarily showing that emotion. So I, I didn't really like the score. And then I felt like there were some holes in the story. Mm. Um, I know it was a writer, that Tyler Atkins is writer slash director. Yes. The impression I got was that he is so maybe familiar in his mind with the backstory of these characters that he took it for granted that the rest of us would be able to put the pieces together. Mm. I found myself asking the question over and over again, like, but, but why? <laughs> why did that happen? Well, what about them? And where did that? Um, and so I think a little bit more detail would have filled out the story more and would have kept me in the story instead of taking me out of it, asking all these questions. So great acting and great cinematography, but it just kind of missed the mark. So for me, it's a thumbs down. All right, so a thumbs down from Amanda Pfeiffer on Bosch and Rocket. Question for you on this, uh, Amanda. You said you felt manipulated by the movie score and music. Yeah. Uh, did you feel that there needed to be more in-depth fleshing out of the backstory uh, in order for you to, to really get really a, a more positive view of the movie? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Exactly. I mean, yeah. this, this is a 90-minute like film, right? I mean, yeah. you know? You know, and I could see where maybe he's wanting 
the audience to put themselves in the parent's place or something. So you leave some ambiguity. You don't have, you know, I don't need everything answered for me, but I couldn't really see what journey we were on the whole time. Um, and there was also a strange passion passage of time. And I think Rocket says something to, I don't know if it was to his mom or dad, but he says at one point, it's been a year since blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh wow. A year has passed. Time jump. <laughs> um, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't have told, I, but there was nothing in the scene that, you know, or in the preceding scenes that indicated that that much time had passed, in my opinion. So I just, I left, I really, really wanted to like it, but it, it just missed the mark for me. So very good. So you, yeah, you, you disapprove of this film. I liked it uh, on the aspects of they kept it in a nice, timely, packaged uh, film. Yeah. That they didn't really expand too much. This, this really didn't need to be two hours or an hour and forty-five minutes. I, I, like I've said, like you said, there was uh, there needed more answers to be uh, to be had here, uh, and it leaves things guessing for the audience. I just fell along with the ride. Uh, you, you feel this that this is a family story between a father and son. Obviously, the son doesn't really catch the gra- the gravity of what his father is going through until you know midway through the whole thing because he's an independent kind of kid. I thought the only negative thing of this story was the girlfriend who, who it seemed like he she was implanted into the film with no real cause, you know, or purpose uh, to really add to the story. I mean, I thought that was just preposterous. I mean, just leave Bosch without a girlfriend. How about that? Right. I don't well, know. he didn't seem he didn't seem to be suffering too much. I mean, in some points, he's on the run for his you know his life is in danger, and then yeah. he's just kind of. Going surfing and going on a date. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I mean, okay. yeah, <laughs> I understand the uh, what they say the aloofness of the way it's being told because uh, yes. I mean, yeah, this ain't Point Break where obviously you have some kind of you know same story where you have robbers on the run from the law, and and that one you have an undercover agent who is uh, the great Keanu Reeves. Here, this is a father son surfer story where you have. The law coming after you, but it's done in such a subtle way where you feel more of the family story instead of feeling so much of the of the you know the cops and robbers kind of situation. So I thought the the father and son uh, you know conversations and and interactions. I thought that was where the the movie was at. Aside from that, it could have been a little bit finely finely more tuned as far as editing goes. But aside from that, I thought this was an okay film. It's a passable film. It's Go check it out. It's an indie film, and it's from Australia. So this was uh, Bosch and Rocket. I give it a thumbs up. And uh, Amanda, once again, disagrees and goes thumbs down. But that's the name of the show, folks. All right, let's move on. Yeah, right? There we go. All right, our third and final film tonight on Silver Screen Previews is 84 Brady. Now, in this one, you have a all-star cast, of course, starred by Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Sally Field, Rita Moreno, and Tom Brady, directed by Tyler Atkins. I will, you know, it's not Tyler Atkins. It can't be right. Uh, this is a wide release, February 3rd. A group of friends made it to their lifelong mission to go to the Super Bowl and meet superstar Tom Brady. So this is, I believe, a clip from 80 for Brady. Out today in theaters, wide release on Silver Screen Previews. What's going on? Keep your acting very strange. Just keep your eyes shut. All right, so that's obviously all these great actresses in one in one scene, which carries a lot of weight. That's eighty for Brady. All right, uh, Amanda, your take on this film? Okay, I thought I was not going to like it, but I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, 
super predictable. At times it was corny. Um, it was very absurd. But you kind of know that going into it. Some of the shenanigans they're going to get into, it's just, it's meant to be absurd, so it's okay that it's absurd, I guess. Um, I thought that Sally Field and Rita Moreno really stole the show. On all of the uh, promotions for this, you see a lot of Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. Um, And they were were fine, but sometimes I couldn't forget that I was watching Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. But I could believe, I could believe uh, Rita Moreno and... Sally Fields characters. I thought there was a lot of great comedic moments and then a lot of good opportunities for the supporting actors to shine. I liked Alex Moffat from SNL. I liked his uh, part of the Pats fans, radio guy. Um, And then I wrote her name down because I I thought she really had a great scene. Her name is Daniela Covino and she played the ticket taker in a scene with Lily Tomlin at the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was fun. yeah, she did a really great job. She was really like, subtle and understated, but funny in her in her role there. Uh, there were some parts where the jokes, it was funny, and then they dragged it out too long. They should have just <laughs> let it rest, you know, like, and, you know, ruin the moment because it was funny, and then they pulled it out a little too long. Um, too much. But I'll forgive them for that. I'll forgive them <laughs> for that. For me, I'm, you know co-hosting with you here from Houston, Texas, so it was fun to watch this movie and relive the Super Bowl being here in 2017. Right. Um, and then for me, I just really enjoyed this celebration of female friendship and kind of the hope that there's adventures ahead, even in old age. So for me, it gets a thumbs up. All right, so thumbs up from Amanda Pfeiffer on 80 for Brady. I also thought this was a nice, fun, lighthearted comedy, which it doesn't really go too much on the raunchiness, which we've seen a lot in these other comedies in the past two years. I think it's because of the caliber of the actresses here. And obviously they know what to do with the script and how to act. Uh, this is what they do. And, you know, yeah, Sally Field, it took a little bit of her, uh, a little bit of while for her to get really warmed up to the story. But when she starts rolling, she starts rolling. Because that, like, like you see from countless other movies that she's done, as far as comedies go, that she has the, the, the really the, 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 the smarts, to carry out a line and to make it good and funny. Uh, I thought that Jane Fonda really here was uh, presented in a form of like, you know, Blanche from uh, the Golden Girls, that kind of deal. That You know, you yeah. combine that story with kind of like, uh, you know, the hangover. You have that kind of situation going with a road trip. <laughs> That's what you get here in this yes. movie. You know? Yes, Golden Girls meets the hangover. <laughs> yeah, a lot of funny lines. Look, a lot of funny lines here. It's, uh, you know, the podcaster guys, that worked for a little bit. Uh, but I thought it kind of got long in the tooth at the end when it's just like a little bit overkill. But if you're going to see this, uh, see this with friends because they're all going to be laughing. And it's incredible to see all these actresses just producing, uh, you know, and together in a great film where it, you just leave all your worries behind and you just get uh, absorbed into the movie and just have fun because it's a barrel of laughs for sure. You know, so I give it a thumbs up for 80 for Brady. So we agree on that one. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right, let's do a recap of this week's film on Silver Screen Previews. First of all, uh, A Knock at the Cabin. Amanda? Okay, uh, classic M. Night Shyamalan and um, dealing with compelling issues. For me, it was a thumbs up. All right, I did not like this film. I thought it was too much of a dilemma movie where you had to really pick uh, whether or not you wanted to or you not to. A lot too many decisions here. Uh, It's not one of those old-time books where you choose your own adventure. This should be simple enough, but of course M. Night Shyamalan did not do that here. So unfortunately for me, uh, it's a thumbs down, but tremendous job from uh, Dave Bautista for sure. On the next film tonight on Silver Screen Previews, Bosch and Rocket, Amanda. 
Okay, um, great setting and cinematography and great acting by the two lead actors, but too many um, holes in the story for me and in the backstory of the characters, and then a little bit lacking in cohesion with the, the score. So uh-huh. for me, it was a thumbs down. All right, so thumbs down. I gave it a thumbs up because I liked the, the interesting family story dynamic and the coming-of-age story from Rocket. So uh, you put aside the, the whole, you know, cops and robbers situation. You focus on the family, and I guarantee you, you will like this film. So thumbs up. And our third and final film tonight on Silver Screen Previews was 80 for Brady, Amanda. Great acting, super fun and light. I think it could be enjoyed by anybody. So for me, it's a thumbs up. All right, also a thumbs up for myself. I just enjoyed the way all these actresses interacted with not only themselves, but the rest of the cast, which uh, made for a lot of great laughs. And Tom Brady wasn't bad as well as an actor, you know, for the few times that was there. I have a question for you. What do you think about his timing this week of re-announcing retirement? Do you think that that has anything to do with the release of this film or... No, that's just a coincidence. That has nothing to do with this. No, yeah. that's yeah, that's just that's just luck of the draw. What happened right there? They couldn't have yeah. predicted that because they had set yeah. this movie in stone. Uh, I think I believe uh, like three weeks ago. So they couldn't have known that you know Tom Brady was gonna you know retire at this point. So no, no, no I way. Know, but he produced it, and so he's got a investment in it so i'm wondering you know if he has any if there's any correlation or if it might even hurt the movie that he's announced about this week i don't think it affects it one way or another because i, I yeah. think that the four uh, the five five dramatic actors or five or four dramatic actresses in this movie overtake any of that because it's a story really about them and not really about yeah. brady yeah. you know brady yeah. is just like a a vehicle for the movie to to run as far as a script goes so there you go i thought that was the same yeah. case all right. Amanda, please let us know your social media coordinates before we get on out of here. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me figure how to type this in the thing, but it's at okay. Amanda V. Pfeiffer. It's how you can find me. And then um, I'll be in L.A. next week for the Austin or the L.A. Under the Stars Film Festival. Fantastic. Where I've got two, um, two scripts nominated for Best Short Comedy. So. Wow. Congratulations, Amanda, on that. Congratulations. Thank you. Trying to type in my handle there. There we go. You got it in there. Everybody on the, in the okay. chat room, thank you guys for joining us. And also on Instagram Live and on the podcast, there it is, Amanda V. Pfeiffer, for you guys to follow her yeah. and all her travels in the future and successes. Amanda, thank you once again for joining us on the show with your expert analysis. Oh, thank you for having me. Excellent, guys. All right, well, we'll catch you again next Friday for uh, three or four new films right here on Silver Screen Previews. Until then, I'm Rob Martin signing off. We'll catch you again next time. 